grow anywhere and you feed astronauts for the rest of their natural lives, so you could feed 50,000 people a year like that with that size building. So about 130 of these buildings, you could feed the entire city of New York. That's sort of astonishing. <laughs> it is. It actually is. Now, I can see lots of advantages to this yeah. system. For instance, there would be no need to worry about a sudden ice storm at the wrong season or a rainy right. summer wrecking the crops because it's all indoors no, and climate controlled. And you get continuous crop production, too. So let's take a, a crop that everybody's familiar with, corn. You plant it sometime in May, and you harvest it sometime in August, and that's it. That's all you get. Indoors, because the conditions are constant, and you're doing this hydroponically, you can get a crop of corn every eight weeks. So if you divide eight weeks into 52, you can see how many different crops of corn you can have over a year's period, which means, of course, that if you did it that way rather than outdoors, you wouldn't need that cornfield any longer, and you could return it to what it used to be before it was a cornfield. That's usually a hardwood forest in uh, most of the East. But why do this? We have farm fields. Well, this is very true. I mean, we have farm fields in this country. We, in fact, we have lots of them. But if you go to other parts of the world, and I would, I would take you on another trip then to India, or to China, or to Southeast Asia, or to Australia, or to any of the Scandinavian countries, or to the American Southwest. In those places that I've just described, either farming is either failing because of uh, some weather conditions that have been affected by climate change, like the monsoons, for instance, or they've never had rain. In the case of Australia, I mean, that poor country catches on fire every summer. So farming indoors makes the most sense in those cases. This doesn't seem like the ultimate in factory farming, though, to have a you know gigantic glass skyscraper filled with crops tended by people in lab coats. Yep, that's exactly what I'm proposing. Is, I'm not against factory farming as long as it's for a good purpose. Well, continuing with our, our thought experiment, then imagine that um, we're well into the age of vertical farming and mm -hmm. we're flying in an airplane over the continental U.S. Right. We're over Kansas or Missouri or Iowa. Yeah, Instead of all those yeah. cornfields, what is right. there? Well, let's start in New York City. I'd like to take you from there first because if you go from New York to the Mississippi River, if you could have flown in the 1600s, the only thing you would have ever seen is hardwood forest from start to finish. And in fact, somebody once wrote that uh, a squirrel living in Boston in the 1600s and wanting to visit their cousins in St. Louis would never have to leave the ground. They could just jump from tree to tree all the way through. So the return of uh, a large tracts of land to forest would suck up a lot of carbon from the atmosphere, and we know that that's absolutely essential if we're going to do something about climate change, regardless of whether the listener thinks that the human species is responsible or partially responsible or not even responsible for climate change. The fact is that with all that CO2 sitting in the atmosphere, and it's a lot more now than it was, uh, it has to go someplace. And the someplace that I would like to see it go is back into the trees where it used to be before we cut them down in favor of uh, farmland. What about taste? Because right. I mean, so much of the taste of our food comes from the land, from the soil, the minerals, the varied weather patterns. I mean, anybody who's had a hydroponically grown tomato knows that there's just, it's not the same as a tomato grown in dirt on somebody's farm. I totally agree with you that soil-grown produce has a unique signature. And depending on where you are throughout the country, 
that signature varies, <clears throat> and it's called terroir. I believe the, the term for that is terroir. I would ask you to instead consider being isolated in the countryside of Haiti right now, or in Darfur, or in Niger, or in places that are challenged. You just put food on the table. It doesn't matter what it tastes like as long as it's healthy. And then uh, bring up that concept of terroir again. It disappears entirely, of course, and, and all you're concerned about is the nutritional status of those poor people. I envision vertical farming not to uh, substitute for these wonderful locally grown crops of, uh, of plants that we eat seasonally, but rather to serve as a mechanism for ensuring that throughout the world, 6.8 billion people, regardless of where they live, can eat and have 1,500 calories of food that's safe and safe to drink water. And the vertical farm will supply that if it's carried out properly. The vertical